You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by uh, Joe Pepper, CEO of TM Group, and Nick Ball, Sales Director at Mio, which is part of TM Group. Welcome along, chaps. Thank you for joining. Great to be invited. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. We're here today to talk about uh, your report, The New Normal, Uh, although as we were just talking about uh, off-air, I think uh, even since the report's been written, the conveyancing market has actually moved forward quite a distance. So as much as we're going to look back at your report and and talk about what the new normal sort of looks like for conveyances and and technology providers and the whole home moving process, uh, I think we're as interested in what the future looks like as well in, in terms of the property market. But tell us briefly about the new normal, the report that you guys wrote, uh, how did it come about? Where, where, was the, where was the research that you guys did for it? Well, we, uh, I mean, it goes back to, it goes back over a year, actually, because we did a report um, coming out of the first year of the pandemic at the, at, at the start of 2021, um, where we kind of thought that, uh, you know, the pandemic was behind us um, to some respects, and we were kind of sort of looking forward with a view as to what would happen when the stamp duty uh, relief period ended on the 31st of May uh, 2021, as we thought it was going to do, which of course it later did not. Um, so we, we, we'd done that, and, and we got a huge amount of interest and participation in that, and I think we kind of realised that there was a rich seam of opinion out there um, particularly given the disruption that had gone on in the market over the over the preceding nine months at that point and at, at the end of 2020. So we thought it would be a very good exercise to go through it again um, towards the end of 2021 um, with a view that obviously by that point the stamp duty would have ended and we would have a view as to what would you know people's opinions would be in the market going forward so we 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 went through a process our marketing team went through a process of contacting our our clients and of course you know we we've got uh, you know well over a thousand uh, you know conveyances that use our platforms in some way shape or form um, but obviously so we've got a rich database and a, and, and a rich heritage as a business that's been around over 20 years to sort of contact people and to get their opinions and we got over 800 um people providing their feedback um through a through through a survey um the vast majority of those obviously from conveyancing and that's what you'd expect from tm group but also a significant number of estate agents in that in that number uh, a sort of handful i guess of of other sort of professionals in the market such as uh, lenders and surveyors and it gave us a really rich tapestry i think in terms of uh, data that we were then able to look at and draw some conclusions from and that's what we presented in the report and this new normal is a phrase that's kind of been adopted re- relatively widely. But what, what were the key findings in the report in terms of what's happening in the property market? I think we'd gone through such a massive period of change um, that, that we hadn't expected to go through. Um, you know, when, when we go back to the start of 2020, for example, uh, I remember reading a report from somebody else who commissioned a report with with law firms looking at how they intended to move forward with uh, their working practices 
Um, and they, you know, they all said the right things. You know, we're going to do digitization. We're going to allow some remote working. We can do it. But their horizon was five to 10 years hence. And that was in January 2020. And then March 2020 happened. <laughs> and of course, it all went out the window. Um, and, and, and so I think, you know, we've been through this process of change. And th when you go through anything traumatic, um, you know, there's something else appears. Um, and, I, and I don't want to blow it out of proportion here. But, you know, certainly if you look at what happened when people came back from the First World War, you know, the, 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 the way that society had operated, the way that farmers had farmed, et cetera, et cetera, in the period running up to the war was completely different to the way that people operated going forward. Um, and as I said, it sounds a bit like I'm going over the top there, but I think, you know, it illustrates the point. If you go through a period of significant change or a period is thrust upon you, which forces you to to change, then, you know, you need to adapt to that and 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 create a new normal. And Nick, what what kind of changes does the report highlight that we're starting to see across the market because you've got insights into both the agency market and the and the conveyancing space yeah um well the 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 leading point there david is that there was a the recognized the need for greater collaborate collaboration across all of the sectors so not just the state agents and conveyances communicating with others but lenders uh improvement in local authorities as well because there's various impacts of delays within the transaction so that that was the probably the unsurprising uh, number one lead um and of course joe's reference the adoption of tech it was it was forced upon the industry i think a state in from my estate agency had hat estate agents were relatively progressive in in terms of adopting change uh, sooner than conveyances it's the pandemic that actually forced that change on on the conveyancing space and as a mental health first aider, for me, um, one thing the report also highlighted is that the lack of um, uh, well-being schemes and programmes for conveyances, they were obviously at the coalface of a lot of the pressures of the property transaction. Um, you know, who did they have to turn to? Um, was there any support given within their own businesses or within the industry, within the sector, as opposed, as opposed to the estate agency space where agents very early on jumped on the mental health bandwagon seeing how important it was uh, with the pandemic by forming agents uh, agents together which is one of their support uh, support networks which i think was an exceptional initiative i think the other thing that i found really interesting come out of it and you touched on it there nick was was, was in relation to to staff and well-being but also how that translates into uh you know how as a business owner operating in the conveyancing market um, you know, people have needed to to address some of the changes that have gone on, um, because what I think that most people acknowledged that they saw was that in this incredibly roller coaster up and down period that that we went through in 2020 and and, and 2021, the vast majority of firms were only able to carry out their business because of the extraordinary level of dedication of the people in those firms you know it really was um you know a call to arms i think to an awful lot of uh, uh conveyances a lot you know a lot of people really stepped up and went you know well beyond what would normally be um expected of them and that 
is great and we should celebrate that and we should reward that but we cannot rely on that as a as, as something that's going to always be there to deal with um you know not just similar um but just the changing nature of the way that things um go in the future we need to basically ensure that our people have the right tools so that they don't need to do these ludicrous hours that that, that so many people were working in this period of time to deliver a service um and it, and, and you know to, to be frank um and, and uh, you know the blame game is one of those that gets kind of sort of pointed around the, the place and i certainly in you know do not in any way shape or form um uh, blame conveyances um but you know the, the amount of time it took to transact and the service that people got in that period of time was lower than you would normally expect so we were offering a substandard service and we were only able to do that because people were working every hour they were sent uh to to to, to deal with it that, and, and that's unsustainable that that is not a sustainable model going forward and i think you know it's what is really interesting to me in particular is what are the operating models of those businesses going to be um over the course of the next few years there's a telling comment in the report and it's uh, old-fashioned paper-based processes have pulled conveyances back to the office at a time when, as you both identify, the pandemic forced them to work from home, but it also forced them to adopt newer technology to enable that. To what extent did the research that you've undertaken indicate that technology is is being used uh, more widely and, and is being more widely adopted? I think, I mean, I think there's a um, uh, the, the sort of question um, that something pulled people back to the offices, paper-based processes pulled back to the offices, assumes that conveyances really left the offices. And, and, and I would say, in my experience of talking to conveyances up and down the country, that's nowhere near uh, a, 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 a complete picture. I mean, and there's an awful lot of conveyances that, you know, never really left the office. Now, they might have been forced out at the first stage to get out of the office in some way, shape or form, but they very quickly had to implement processes to get information from that office because everything still revolved around the office and some firms literally went back as soon as they were able to and and and, and worked in the offices because that's the only way that they could function anywhere near a, a sensible level of efficiency uh, and some firms built processes in whereby you know they had to go into the office you know twice a week to pick up papers to do activities that carried out well that's fine but of course it it damages the service proposition because the customer potentially has got to wait a couple of days to get a piece of information that they might otherwise um, have, have been able to get or the process could have moved on if that information had been to hand or they had people in the office you know frantically digitizing this material and sort of sending it over which again adds uh, a significant element of, of, of inefficiency to the process um, so again I, I, I don't think that they ever truly left and, and how much did they adopt technology um, what we see in the report um, is that there was, you know, the areas where a technology was most widely adopted in this period was the off-the-shelf stuff. You know, the stuff you could literally just go and get your hands on, like electronic signatures. That's the biggest single area outside of Zoom and team meetings and all those other sort of bits and pieces, which obviously we got hold of pretty quickly. That's the biggest single area of change. Um, and that is, you know, significantly because, you know, you, me, Nick, any of us can go on to 
Adobe Sign or DocuSign or any other signature company I might be able to think of um, and literally download the ability to do electronic signatures. I don't need to go through any sort of change process uh, within a business. So that was that got a big level of adoption and things like, I suppose, you know, customer portals that could be provided ready made effectively, if you like, by, you know, I mean, we, we've got TM Connect, for example, as a platform, you know, that you that you've already got a relationship with the supplier and you can just say, can you turn me on to that? Uh, and it can be delivered within a, you know, a couple of weeks, that sort of stuff could get done. But the bigger stuff, the stuff that requires kind of fundamental change, um, simply never got done because, uh you know you don't really have the time to to implement that nick you you suggested that the agency market has been quicker to adopt technology prop tech but with a lot of experience in conveyancing and perhaps with your conveyancing hat on do you sort of feel that there is this desire to move forward with technology and improve the the conveyancing process Absolutely. I mean, if you go back to the estate, estate agents versus conveyances for a second, at the end of the day, the conveyances are the ones that are carrying all of the risk. So, you know, an estate agent can go out there and sit in somebody's front room and win an instruction and away they go. They're very happy. There's not a, there's not a great need for upfront information, but the risk really does sit with the conveyancer. The processes that they have in place, you could argue that the, the pro conveyancing process is old and antiquated. It's still operating under the, the law of Property Act 1925 and what have you. Um, does that need to be changed? Do they need greater support from the SRA or the Council for Licensed Conveyances? Probably the answer is, is yes. Um, but there is definitely an appetite for the conveyancing space to want to change. I question whether or not they understand all of the prop tech solutions that are out there and how they research those. Um, again, the estate agency world is is blessed. It has a, a, a number of um, uh, retailers who support the, the people like ICG and Kerfuffle who, who look at all of the prop tech solutions and offer up a professional support advice to estate agents. What do the conveyances have? How do they actually look at the latest prop tech? Um, bearing in mind that they're in the busiest marketplace we've we've actually ever known, um, they still have to do the day, day job. How do they how do they know what what what's going to work for their business or not? Um, I think we are starting to see a slight change in that they have a little bit more bandwidth to actually research what is available, but it is still a very very busy marketplace. Conveyances are by and large small businesses. Even the big conveyances are small business by the most sort of standards as to how you define a small business. Um, and of course, you know, we're all operating in a hugely um, interdependent marketplace, uh, you know, where there are simply, you know, lots of different parties representing, also lots of different businesses representing different parties. Uh, as part of the process and therefore it's very difficult to be a conveyancer and to think okay i'll have some great tech and that's you know i, I you know everything's going to work really really well for me because unless it's talking to other people's tech you know it's really challenging to be actually able to 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 demonstrate that to the consumer and the consumer of course is used to uh you know the amazon experience right you know you go on you order something it tells you when it's left the factory it tells you when it's in the car and it tells you when it's arriving at your front door it tells you when it's been delivered um you know 
it, this just doesn't exist and and you know in the in in the sort of um in the conveyancing market so i think one of the biggest areas of opportunity uh for um conveyances to be looking at i think nick it sort of ties into what you were just saying there is that they they look at their current suppliers and look at what they've got at the moment and look to force those organizations to ensure that they have open api architecture and that they are um, happy and willing and easily persuadable uh, to integrate uh, with other parties because that has been I think one of the great downfalls of this market over the last few years everybody's coming up with a solution in silo and everybody's really scared about making their solution open to everybody else. So the report was released uh, in 2021 back end of 2021 and we're six months into 2022. There were a number of predictions made. How are we faring against those market predictions? Because there's still a huge amount of volatility out there. What has definitely changed, David, in the in the last six months is the greater degree of conversations being taken place between agents and conveyances. Agents have realised that they need to, to have a better working relationship with, with conveyances and likewise conveyances uh, uh, with, with estate agents as well, because it can be tarred with the, you know, the brush. That they don't pick up the phone, they don't communicate and, and, and we don't know what's going on. There's definitely a need to actually move move forward and, and work smarter uh, together. A lot has changed in the last uh, six months. I mean, obviously, at a sort of macroeconomic level, uh, you know, when when people were thinking about 2022, they weren't thinking about 10% inflation, cost of living crisis, uh, and, and so on and so forth, and all the other sort of bits and pieces that go with that as well. And and I think that is filtering into the housing market. But the way that I think about it is is that you know demand has has outweighed supply in this market forever quite frankly and certainly since the 1980s um, and in the last couple of years we've seen demand rocket and we've seen supply drop now i think there is a little element that some of these macroeconomic impact will drop demand a little bit uh, but we're still not seeing supply anywhere near catching up with its historic position either i think that the, the challenge for me is is going back to what i was saying about people uh you know we, we we've got this industry with uh, with these tremendous people that keep everything going, quite frankly. Um, we just need to make sure that we are supporting those people um, with the right technology um, and the right processes uh, and creating the right environment so that it's an industry where they can come in and feel like they're making a difference uh, in a positive way, uh, rather than the, the challenge that they get in terms of constantly underwhelming customers expectations which is often driven by the fact that customers expectations haven't been set properly in the first place um and again i don't want to you know do the blame game thing because everybody kind of likes to try and point fingers at everybody else um but there's a huge opportunity in this marketplace i think huge opportunity in the conveyancing marketplace um i think you know the conveyancing market has allowed um it's allowed to it's allowed itself to drive itself down on price for a long time and I think that you know the opportunity exists to um, to look at the value that they bring to the process, to the conveyance that brings to the process, and look to ensure that they're setting the right fees that that, that demonstrate that value and demonstrate that they value themselves. 
That's a really good point, Joe, because one of the things that the report did highlight is that in a in a busier marketplace, conveyances actually started to look at fees and they increased their fee structures in the hope that they wanted to slow the flow of work coming through the door. What happened? It didn't slow the flow of work coming through the door and they were able to command a better fee. Um, so again, greater opportunities to put some real value into into the conveyancing process because historically it's not been a value a value proposition for a for a law firm. This is a great opportunity to change that. Yeah, and I think that's about confidence, Nick. I think it's about um, you know that's what I'd like to see from conveyances. I'd like to see more confidence. I'd like to see them you know taking uh, you know pride getting out and selling the really really impressive and good work. Uh, that they do and that is about how do you communicate what you what you are going to achieve at the front end versus what you achieve um, at the back end and and in doing so get a good fee and from a business perspective you get a good fee you're you're able to reinvest that in your people you're able to reinvest that in your processes and you're able to reinvest that um, in 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 your technology Um, and a conveyancer you know ought to be the person sitting at the hub that makes the whole property transaction happen and the property transaction is what the consumer is dreaming of. That's why we talk about dream homes. Yeah, you wake up in the morning and you want to move into that dream home and everything else that happens around it is is fluff to some extent. You don't really care about it, but there should be somebody making that happen and somebody making that person's dream come true. And that ought to be the position that the that the conveyancer uh, can see themselves in. Um, and I think what I said earlier is about how can we bring these different uh, you know, how can we make that process better? It's by making these different pieces of technology that we're all starting to use, making them talk to one another. And if I was to give any sort of plea out to the conveyancing community out there, I would say, make your suppliers work for you. Yeah. yeah? Get hold of your suppliers and make sure that they make their systems easy to integrate with, because there isn't one solution out there that you need. There isn't one technology pack out there that will give you everything you need. You're going to need a bit from one supplier and a bit from another supplier, and it's going to need to integrate with somebody else's systems. So make sure that the suppliers that you choose are willing to do those things. And and if you can do that, then I think you'll you'll be able to create an agile, flexible and scalable business, which will help you succeed uh, in 2022 and beyond. Fighting words, Joe. Thanks very much indeed. Not all heroes wear capes. It's been great to have you both on the podcast. Thanks so much for your insight and for sharing your thoughts. The new normal is available on the TM Group website. We'll put a link in the write-up so that you can go and download it. Nick, Joe, it's been a delight to chat. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed to everybody for listening in. The Today's Conveyancer podcast will be back shortly. Speak soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.